All right, Hebrews chapter 11 this evening. Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to look at verses 23 through 29. And last Sunday, when we met to look at our series in the Hall of Faith, we noticed the faith of Moses in the land of Egypt. And we saw that because Moses had faith, there were some things that he was compelled to reject. Uh, and the first thing that we notice is that his faith compelled him to reject the prestige of this world. And he could have had uh, all that the world could have offered as uh, a leader in Egypt. Um, he, he, he grew up in Pharaoh's house. But Moses, he, he rejects the prestige of the world because he wants to follow uh, God's plan and God's leading in his life. Um, and it's not that promotion is wrong, but we need to make sure that uh, we are getting our promotion from God. The Bible says it's God who promotes, and we give him the honor and the glory for that. And uh, we don't get our prestige from the world, but we get our promotion from God. And so, uh, so we see that he had faith and that he, reject the world, he rejected the world's prestige. Uh, he also rejected the pleasure of the world. And being in Egypt, he could have had anything his heart desired, um, be, being in Pharaoh's house. But the Bible says he chose to suffer affliction instead. And he chose, uh, to, he chose the suffering of, of going out of Egypt and going into the land of Canaan because he was focused on heavenly treasures and eternal riches, not the temporary uh, pleasures that this world could offer him. And of course, as believers, we should get our pleasure and our joy from serving God and for living for him and living in righteousness. And then we also saw his faith uh, compelled him to reject the world's plenty, uh, the, the temporary riches of this world uh, for eternal gain. And of course, uh, Jesus taught us that we are to be heavenly minded and we're to lay up treasures in heaven. And we can spend our whole life laying up treasures on the earth and have nothing to show for in heaven when, when we ignore uh, eternity. And so as believers, our, our focus needs to be heavenward. Uh, and we need to lay up those treasures in heaven. And then finally, we notice that his faith compelled him to reject the pressure of the world. And there was a lot of pressure for him to stay in Egypt and to turn back to Egypt and to give in to the king. But uh, we saw that Moses, he, he feared God more than the king. And he didn't allow the pressure of the world to keep him from doing what God had called him to do. And of course, in our life, as we live for God, there's going to be pressure to turn back to sin or to turn back to the, the, the world and the pleasures of the world and, and the plenty that the world offers. But we need to be faithful in following our God. And so we saw last week the things that faith rejects. Uh, but tonight we're going to continue. And I want us to see the things that faith accepts. Um, and we're going to look at most of the same verses as, as last week, but with a different uh, perspective. We looked at them last week, uh, and we saw the things that faith compels us to reject in our life. But we're going to see some of the things that we need to accept. Uh, and you know, there's some, believer, there's some believers who, it seems like their whole identity is wrapped up in the things that they don't do. Uh, there are some Christians who all, all they talk about is how they don't do this, and I don't do this, and I don't do this. But if we're going to have a life of faith... We need to consider what are we doing for God? What, uh, how are we serving Him? How are we living for Him? It's not enough just to say, I don't live like the world and I don't do this. What are we actually doing with the time that we've been given and the, the uh, abilities that we've been given 
we should reject those things that we saw last week, but there's some things we need to accept as well in our life. And we're going to see Moses accepted these things in his life. And there's, going to, and there's things, as Christians, there are many things that bring us joy, and we get our joy when we accept these things that we'll see tonight, and there's three of them. And so we're going to see what faith accepts. Uh, let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get into the message. Dear God, I thank you for this uh, night that you've given us and this day that we've had to serve you and to uh, come to hear your word preached this morning. God, I ask that you would just uh, be with those who are not here, Lord. I know that some are not feeling well, some are uh, not able to make it. God, I just pray that you be with them, uh, be close to them, Lord. And I ask that you would just uh, help us tonight, Lord, to put aside distractions. And uh, God, I ask that you'd help us to consider the things that faith uh, accepts. And uh, Lord, help us to accept these things in our own life. Um, and Lord, I ask that you would just help me tonight to be emptied of self and to be filled with your spirit. And Lord, I pray that you would do what only you can do this evening, and that's to speak to our hearts. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And the first thing that we see faith accepts, uh, faith accepts the plan of God. Faith accepts the plan of God. In Hebrews chapter 11, look at verse 23, if you would. It says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. And this goes back to Moses' parents. It's not dealing with him. But we see that the faith of Moses' parents, I believe it established a pattern in Moses' life. For Moses to see an example in his parents' life of the faith that they had. And, and Moses, they passed on their faith to Moses. Uh, and, and, and by the way, parents ought to raise and to teach their faith. They ought to pass on their faith to the next generation. You can read in the Bible how numerous times you read about how in Israel the, the, one, the parents didn't pass on their faith to the next generation and they soon forgot God. Uh, and that, that ought to, that ought to uh, be a warning to us to make sure that we are passing on our faith to the next generation in our life. But Moses' parents, they accepted the plan of God for their life. They knew it was illegal to save their son. They were commanded to have him put to death. They were, they were commanded to kill him, but they obeyed God and they feared God more than the king. And they, they knew that it was God's plan for them to protect and to raise Moses. And they accepted God's plan despite the danger, despite the, the fear, despite the repercussions of, of what it could bring. They accepted God's plan. And, and they, the Bible says they looked at Moses and they saw that Moses was a proper child. In Exodus the Bible says that they looked at Moses and they saw that the Bible says he was a goodly child. And that doesn't mean they just looked at Moses and they're like, wow, that's a good looking baby. I'm going to save him. Uh, it, it means they saw Moses and they knew that God had a purpose for him. They knew that God was going to do something great with their son. They had faith that God was going to use their son to deliver uh, his people out of the land of Egypt. And they accepted God's plan by faith. And we also and we see that this this is passed on to Moses and he accepts God's plan by faith in verses 25 and 6. Uh, it says choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproaches of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, 
for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Moses, he, he chooses to suffer affliction with the people of God than to stay in Egypt. And as, as we saw last week, his faith compelled him to reject the prestige and the plenty and the pleasures of the world. And, but he didn't just stop there. Moses didn't just leave Egypt and then seclude himself and that was it. Uh, after he came out of the wilderness, he follows God and he leads the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses, he, he rejected those things, but he accepted God's plan for his life. And we see that God has a plan for our life as well. And if we're going to be a people of faith, we need to accept that. It's not just enough to say, uh, I don't do this, I, I don't live like the world, but we need to also accept God's plan for our life, and we need to, to do it. We need to step out in faith. It's a familiar verse, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That verse there, it doesn't stop at, and be not conformed to this world. It doesn't end there. It keeps going. It says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And we, we do that so that we can prove, uh, so that we can prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So we reject the, the world and the world's plan and the world's pleasures but we don't stop there. We are transformed, and we, ex we, we are transformed through Jesus Christ so that we can prove, so that we can show God's perfect will and acceptable will in our life. Uh, and so as believers, we need to accept the, the plan of God for our life. You see, a lot of times, though, we, we want God's will. We say we want to be in God's will, but we're not willing to present our lives, a living sacrifice. We, we want the blessings of being in God's will, but we're not willing to surrender. We say we want to, to be blessed, but we want to do our own thing. And we want God to bless what we want to do, but we don't want to do what God has called us to do. And that, that shouldn't be the case. We need to be surrendered, not just for salvation, but day by day, we need to surrender our lives as a living sacrifice. And we live, uh, we live according to God's plan. And that's not always going to be easy. It's, sometimes it's going to be difficult. It was difficult for Moses' parents. It was difficult for Moses to accept God's plan because along the way there are, there are obstacles, there are challenges but they stayed faithful. And the Bible says that there's blessings awaiting those who remain faithful. In James chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to, to them that love him. So tonight, if we're going to be a people of faith, we need to accept the plan of God for our life. And by the way, that's not something I can... I can't tell you what God's plan for your life is. Pastor can't tell you what God's plan for your life is, but God can, and His Spirit can through His Word. And so we need to be in His Word so that we can know where God is leading us in our life and how He wants us to serve Him. But we, we need to accept His plan for our life. Uh, and so, yes, we should, re we should reject the world and its pleasures and its plan, but we need to accept God's plan. 
It's not enough to, to stop at the rejection. We need to have the uh, accepting in our life. And so it accepts God's plan. Number two, uh, the f- faith, uh, it compels us to accept the provision of God. The provision of God. In verse 28 of Hebrews 11, it says, Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Uh, Moses, he had, he had just declared the tenth and final plague on Pharaoh, and it was that every firstborn child and every firstborn of the animals in the land of Egypt would, be, would die of a plague unless they put the blood on the doorpost of their house. So we see that in Exodus 11, if you could turn there. Exodus chapter 11, verses 4 through 7. Says, and Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue, against man or beast that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And of course, we have to remember everything that's happened before this point. Um, God has already sent the nine other plagues into the land of Egypt, and each time we know how Pharaoh, he hardens his heart, and he, he doesn't let the people of Israel go, and God sends another plague. Um, and instead of repenting, Pharaoh, he continually doubles down, and he... He makes life harder for the Egyptians and for, Mo- or for the Israelites and for Moses. Uh, and, and by the way, how many times do we find ourselves? God's trying to get us to, to do something, and we find ourselves being stubborn like Pharaoh and saying, no, I don't want to do this, God. And, and God corrects us, and he, 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 pl- he pushes on us to, to do something for him, and we say, no. We need to be careful that we're not like Moses, that we aren't hardening our hearts. Uh, and so when God's prodding us, when God's leading us to do something, we need to do it. And we need to obey. Uh, but Pharaoh, he, he continually he says no, and he hardens his heart. And so God sends this last plague, and he knows that after this one, Pharaoh's going to let the people of Israel go. But in order for Israel to be spared from that last plague, they, there had to be the Passover, uh, the Passover lamb. In Exodus chapter 12, if you could look there. Verses 3 through 7. Exodus 12, 3 through 7. It says, For consider him that... Uh, oh, no, I'm in Hebrews. No. <laughs> Exodus 12. 3 through 7 says, Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying... In the tenth day of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man, according to his eating, shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses 
wherein they shall eat it. And then look at verses 12 through 13. It says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt after this, uh, this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. And we know that judgment, of course, was coming to the, to the land of Egypt. It was coming to all those who didn't have the blood of the Passover lamb applied to their, their doorposts. And that applied to the Hebrews as well. Just because they were Hebrew didn't mean they were going to be spared from judgment. God said they needed to apply the doorpost in verse 13 uh, so, that they, so that they would not have, uh, so that the, God would pass over their house. And that tells us if they didn't put the blood on the doorpost, God would not pass over their house. And so they had to apply the blood of the lamb to the doorposts. And they had to accept God's provision for salvation. They had to accept God's provision for uh, his, his redemption. And it was God who was judging the land, who was bringing this judgment, but it was God who also, he makes a way for them to have this salvation. And that's because we serve a God who is both just uh, and we serve a God who is merciful. And, and God cannot allow sin to go without consequence. And so he must judge sin. But God is, because he is merciful, he also makes a way to escape that judgment through the lamb, through the Passover lamb. He did that for Israel here, and he does that, of course, finally through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the final Passover lamb. And, and tonight, uh, the first thing that needs to happen is if you haven't been saved, we need to accept uh, by faith the final Passover lamb. We need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior to be saved. And, 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 and he offers that freely to all who will put their faith in him. And, and tonight, though, it's the Sunday night crowd, and uh, you know, I, I think we would all say that we've been saved, and I hope that's the case. And if we've been saved, though, uh, just like God didn't stop with Israel after that first Passover that they had, they still had a road ahead of them. And just because we've been saved doesn't mean God stopped with us at salvation. He's got a plan for us. We've got a road ahead of us. We've got uh, things that God wants us to do. And so faith is not just for salvation. Faith is for, for living for God. And, and we need to accept His provision in our life every day. We need to accept uh, that God will take care of us as we live for Him. He will, meet, he will meet our needs. And He will open the doors that He has for us to take. But we need to accept His provision. And, and we, need to, we need to obey Him. And so tonight, if we want to be a people of faith, we need to accept God's provision, both uh, his salvation, but also His sanctification. We need to grow each day. And so we need to accept His provision. Faith, it accepts, uh, it, it accepts His provision, and finally it accepts God's promises. Uh, faith accepts the promises of God. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 29, it says, By faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, as saying to do, were drowned. And God, God saved Israel from the 10th the plague, uh, all those who, who put the, the blood of the lamb on the doorposts. And Pharaoh, just as God said, Pharaoh released the children of Israel. They escaped uh, the land of Egypt. Uh, and they were on their way to the promised land that, 
God had promised to give them. But they come up to the Red Sea, and there's a barrier there. And then they got the army behind them, and they feel like they're, they're hemmed in. They feel like there's nowhere to go. And in their eyes, that was it. They were, they were done for. They were about to die. But God promised to bring them into the land of Canaan. That was a promise that God gave all the way back to Abraham. And God, when He makes a promise, He keeps His promise. And it seemed like it was an impossible situation for them, but of course we know we serve a God who can do the impossible. And it might have been impossible for them, but it wasn't for God. And, and Moses, he, ex, he accepted God's promise. He knew that God would take care of them. And, and turn to Exodus 14. Uh, we, see, we see that Moses understands this. Exodus chapter 14, verse 13 through 16. <clears throat> they're up against the Red Sea and they have the army behind them and we see Moses here. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand, si stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. For the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. God told Moses that he was going to deliver them into the, and the people out of the hand of Pharaoh. And Moses understood that. And the people were anxious, the people were complaining, they were afraid. And Moses tells them to stand still. In other words, he's telling them, stop complaining, stop doubting. You need to have faith in God. And God, and God comes to Moses and tells him, uh, why are you standing here? Get going. And he tells him to lift up his, his rod over the Red Sea and, and, and cross on dry ground. And God, he keeps his promise to the people of Israel. I wonder, though, in reading this, sometimes I wonder if there were maybe some people who were like Peter as they're walking through the Red Sea. Remember Peter when he was on the water and he got his eyes off of Christ and he got his eyes on the water instead and he, and he sank because he got his, his eyes off of God. I wonder if there are people walking through the Red Sea and maybe they saw the walls and maybe they thought the walls of water and maybe they thought it was going to come crashing down on them and that God was going to end them right there. But God didn't, and, they, had, and uh, they continued on. And God put them in a place where they had no other choice but to have faith in God. They were compelled to have faith in God. And sometimes I think God puts us in positions like that where we're left with no other option than to have faith in Him or to reject Him. And we're left with a choice. Are we going to believe God? Are we going to trust in Him? Or are we going to trust in our, ourself and our own ideas? You know, Israel, they could have turned around and tried to fight Egypt, or maybe all of the gold that they took out of Egypt, maybe they could have bribed their way back into Egypt. But no, they trusted God and they went across on dry ground and, and God delivered them. In, in, our, in our life, as we're serving God, sometimes we might come up to a trial. We might come up to a hardship or, or a decision that we don't know what to do. And it seems like there's no way out. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we can try to manufacture our own, our own solutions instead of looking to God and trusting in Him. And so, if we're going to be a people of faith, though, we need to, uh, we need to look to God and we need to accept His, His promises. When we begin to doubt, when we begin to be fearful, 
we, we go back to the promises of God and we trust in them by faith. And we know we serve a God who can take care of us. And the Bible says that uh, God works all things together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. That's a promise of God. And there are many other promises of God in his word. He, he supplies our every need. Uh, he, he comforts us. Uh, and he, he, send, he sent a comforter to us. And so if we're going to be a people of faith, we need to know God's promises. And we need to run back to God's promises when we come up to our Red Seas and when we are surrounded and we don't know what God wants us to do. Instead of looking to ourselves, instead of trusting in our own understanding, we need to run to God's promises by faith and we need to accept them. Uh, and it's not just enough to reject uh, the world again. We need to accept God's promises. And so Moses, he was a man of faith. He was compelled to reject these things, but he was also compelled to accept some of these things by faith. He accepted God's plan. He knew that God was in control. He knew that um, he, he, he saw where God was leading them, and he had faith in God's plan. He accepted God's provision for salvation, and for day-to-day -day sustenance as they travel through the wilderness. He accepted God's provision, and then he also accepts God's promise. And because he accepted God's promises, he was able to continue. When the people were complaining and they were murmuring, Moses was reminded of God's promises, and he was able to continue and to be faithful. And so tonight, we need to not only reject some things, but there's some things that we need to accept by faith, if we're going to be a people of faith. Until that happens, we can, we, can re, we can reject all of the things of the world, and we can be that Christian. You know, usually those are the most miserable Christians who are always talking about, well, I don't do this, and this person does this, and I don't like that they do that, and, you know, I, I don't look like this person, but we never hear what they're doing for God, and that shouldn't be us. We need to reject some things, but I hope tonight we're challenged to accept uh, these things by faith. Let's pray. Dear God, I, I pray, Lord, that you would help us tonight in our life to 